0: Yeah. We are in a series called gift exchange and uh, what we're talking about if you've ever been to a gift exchange it basically goes like this Uh, everybody brings a gift you pull a number out of a hat or whatever and then the first person gets to pick the gift and if it's a really good gift it just gets stolen and um, if it's a bad gift the person uh, just keeps it and and so what what well, basically what happens is whoever brought the worst gift is publicly shamed by all the other people because nobody wants their their gift right so um and and so that's why if there's a gift ex- like oh yeah i'll, I'll be that there. wait there's a gift exchange oh no i'm having my spleen removed yeah man just missed it uh yeah third time yeah i know it's weird um and so uh so I, I don't like I don't like gift exchanges, but anyway. Uh, but he, here's the thing: God has a gift exchange for us, right? And He gives really, really cool gifts, and we give really lame gifts. And so that's what we've been talking about: is that the first week we talked about this idea that we bring despair and we bring outrage, right, to God? Like, there, like if you look on the news or whatever, you know, you get outrage, you despair, all this. And he, and He goes, Oh, I'll t- I'll take the despair. Thank you. I have a place for that. Um, and then here's, here's my gift, and you open up, and it's hope, and God gives us hope, and then we talked about the idea that we bring our anxiety, our pressures, our, our fears, you know, our, the, what's the future going to be like, you know, what, you know, can I pay off Christmas by June, uh, you know, like <laughs> all, all these things, and, and then we, we, and then he says, oh, I'll, I'll take all your anxiety, uh, you, I want to give you peace, and then last week we talked about the idea that we bring our um, hopelessness and he gives us hope. It's, it's a great exchange. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, joy. We, we bring our sorrow and he brings us, and he brings us joy. And so um, uh, it, we were talking about last week that we should be, if you're a follower of Jesus, you should be the most joyful person at your, at your job. You should be the most joyful person um, in your family, the most joyful person in your neighborhood. Well, this morning... We're going to talk about um, probably the most important of those, and it's love. And what we're going to do is we're going to actually go into a section of scripture that I don't know anyone's ever preached on Christmas before, but I'm doing it, so whatever. Um, and it's this letter that Paul is writing to the church in Philippi. And as uh, the Yayas were saying when they were lighting the candles, that 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 there's this idea that people will know we're followers of Jesus by how much we love each other and I would go one step further which I'm going to do this morning how well you love those around you not just each other it's easy to love each other right well for the most part but it's harder to love other the person next to you in the cubicle the person next to you in your neighborhood and so what I want to do and hopefully I'll, I'll, I'll do it okay in the brief time that we have is I want to show you the example of Jesus because in, in Christmas time what we're celebrating is the fact that God humbled himself and came down in the form of a man actually in the form of a baby he didn't even start off as a man I would have personally started off as a man God chose not to do that I would make a bad God okay for a number of reasons um And so uh, that's what we celebrate. And and basically the gospel goes like this, okay? And um, uh, you're born, you're sinful, okay, everybody's sinful, God's perfect, uh, there's a, our sin blocks us from having a relationship with God, there needs to be some atonement for our sin, God sends down Jesus, Jesus grows up, he is crucified, he dies, he's buried, He he's resurrected, and uh, you can accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and then now that relationship is made right with God, and that's great, I love, it's the gospel, I love it, don't get me wrong, I'm not belittling it, I'm just, it's just a very, if, if your goal is just to raise your hand and make it to heaven, that's fantastic. Definitely do that. Hell, bad, heaven, good. Okay, that's theology, right? And so uh, you definitely want to do that. But what I would say is that what that decision does to follow Jesus kicks off a journey. It kicks off a journey. And what I want to show you this morning is that when God came down in the form of a baby, he demonstrated his own love for us, not just for us, but that that love would be experienced and would be poured out to those around us. God so loved the world. Other than Congress, the world includes everyone. No, I'm just kidding. That was a, that was a, that was a bad political joke, uh, right? It means everybody, Congress, the president, pick the person you don't like, whatever. God so loved the world that this is what he did. And so what I wanna show you is a section in Philippians, And uh, it's in Philippians chapter uh, 2, and um, it says this. It's talking about Jesus, and he says this to us. Rather, and I don't have time to go into all the pretext of what's happening here, but rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Yuck. That's a terrible verse. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of. Of others. Part of the gospel, the good news of the gospel, is not just that you get to go to heaven. That's good, that's good news too. It's that you can be free from having to have your own way. You can be free from striving to get all that you can. You can be free to look around and to be present with those around you. Watch what he says. He says in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. So this is what he says. So bear with me. We're here on Christmas. Little baby Jesus shows up, okay? And he grows up, and he grows up, and he starts his ministry, okay? And he begins to demonstrate what it looks like to live as Christ would live. And he has a mindset. And here's his mindset. Who, being the very nature of God, okay, He was God, all right, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. So when we celebrate the coming of Christ, what we're celebrating is that God decided with some sense of humility to not regard that thing as something to be held on to because he loved us so much. He decided to make a way. Rather, he made himself nothing. He made himself nothing. See, this is the real story of Christmas. That there was a God up there who was, saw all of humanity, loved them, and says, you know what? I'm going to make another way the sacrificial system is going to go bye-bye now there's going to be another sacrifice and it's going to be me and it's going to atone for everybody's sins all over the entire world and so he makes himself nothing he comes in the form of a baby god comes in the form of a baby now for those of you who don't believe the bible or you're just kind of stepping into it or you, you don't you're you're new to all this christianity stuff you say john i don't understand how god could all of a sudden become a man well Welcome to the club. I don't either, okay? It's like way beyond my, my brain. But he did. I believe he did. He makes himself nothing. And he says this, by taking the very nature of a servant. See, that what's, again, what's amazing, he comes, he comes in the form of a baby, but he doesn't grow up to be a king. He grows up in a poor neighborhood. Matter of fact, when Philip found him, he says to, uh, to, to Peter, hey, we found the Messiah. And he's like, oh, cool, where, where is he from? You know, because that's what we'd say. And he says, it's from Nazareth. And he goes, Nazareth? Like, what good can come out of Nazareth? Like, he should have come from, like, Jerusalem or Rome or something like that. He comes from Nazareth. He comes from nothing. He makes himself a servant, being of human likeness. He didn't wait until all of a sudden he amassed power, because God isn't interested in power. He didn't wait until he had become super-duper famous, because God isn't interested in what people think about him he came as a servant even on the last days of his life when he he wrote in it says this is your king riding humble on a donkey the foal of a donkey not even a full grown donkey and being found in appearance as a man he humbled himself (laughs) okay so let me get this straight. So God is up there, and he decides he loves humanity so much, he's going to f- come with a way to redeem them, and he chooses himself, right? It's the Trinity. Again, I'm sorry. I, I don't have anything for you. It blows my mind. And, and he comes in the form of a man, a servant, and then he humbles himself b- by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross, you see, what we celebrate at Christmas time is the love of God. That's what we celebrate. The gift exchange that we have for God this morning is, is we bring our indifference to those around us. We bring our indifference and he gives us love. Because oftentimes, I believe, especially for Christians, for those of you who aren't Christians, you get off the hook right now, I... I think we're just very selfish in like what can god do for me 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 what god saved me i'm going to heaven i me 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 what is god and and it goes the other way too i find this with christians a lot too is god happy with me is am i okay with god like what do i need to do give me a list of things i need to do in order to know i know just so i know i'm i'm good with god am i good with god this is what they were like. This was that with temple stuff. How, what sacrifice do I have to give to atone for the sins I did? Like, like, is it two birds? Is it a lamb? Like, what do I have to do to get right with God? Am I okay with God? I, I, I meet Christians all the time. This is their, I, I think God's angry with me. I, I don't, God, I'm not doing enough. I'm not, do, that's not what God's interested in. God's interested in one thing. We're gonna talk about that in just a little bit. So he says he was becoming obedient even to the point of death, and so Paul goes on for a little while longer, and he talks about um, uh, what that means for us, that, that Christ's coming. And so then he, in verse 12, he kind of kicks into this thing. He says, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, in other words, there's, a, there's this obedience, not only in my presence, but now much more in my ab- absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And you say, oh, okay, good. So I need to be scared <laughs> I just need to be scared and frightened that god is happy with me or not that is not what this verse means what this verse means is work out your salvation afraid that you're not going to miss anything that god has for you in this journey because god has a lot for you in this journey yes make it to heaven that's a good goal I like that goal but make it to work tomorrow like that's what we have to we have to do that first. We have all this time on this planet. How do we how do we boil down everything that God would have us do into just something manageable? Jesus says this way. He's talking about this love. This love. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. Remain in my love. You say, "Wow, that's awesome. God loved us. And so now Jesus is modeling this, this love of what it's like to live a life connected with the, the, your heavenly Father, a life that you can have even now, of, of just being connected to your heavenly Father. And so he says, he goes on, and he says, for those of you who've been Christians for a long time, you're like, well, get to the meat of it. Well, here's the meat of it, okay? If you keep my commands, oh, okay, good, good okay now we're back to doing i can i can do that give me a list if you will remain in my love just as i have kept my father's command and remain in his love okay okay so here's the thing this is how i know i'm good with god as i know i I keep all his commands yeah don't steal okay Uh, don't lie okay okay you know and jesus makes them all harder right you've heard it said do not murder i say don't even get angry in your heart you're like god jesus come on you know don't make it harder he says he says don't commit adultery like okay sweet got that done don't even lust in, in your heart after somebody like oh man you're making, like why are you making it all harder like these commands okay but i'm, but I'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it jesus but I'm, I'm you, you tell me what it is you tell me what the command is give, give me a list he says, just as if I kept my father's hand, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. Sweet. So if I do your commands, I'm going to have a great life, a joy filled life. I'm going to do my best to do all your commands. And he says, my command is this. And you go, wait a minute, you had an S before. You said commands. You just say command. Jesus, you're going to boil down all of these rules and regulations. You're going to all boil it down to one command. Okay. Like, that's awesome. Well, unless the command is something like give all your money away. That's a bad command. I, wouldn't, I don't know if I could be able to do that one, but yeah, just one command. Okay, one command, and then his joy is going to be in me, and my joy is going to be complete. What's the command? Love each other as I have loved you. That's a hard command. That's a really difficult command. And as you loved me, well, let's see. How did Jesus love me? He emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, not regarding equality with God, something to be held on to, something to be grasped, something to be used for his advantage. The command of every Christian, every follower of Jesus is to love. Love. The gift exchange is that we take our self-centeredness and the things, that having to have it our way, all that, and we take this gift of love that God has given us through his son, Jesus, and then we begin to just pour it back out to those around us. That's your job. You say, no, 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 John. I've read the Bible and there's lots of rules in there. There's lots of rules, I've seen them. We'll just start with the 10 Commandments. That 10 Commandments don't, don't lie. Do you know why you don't lie? Because it's not loving. It's not loving to that person. It disrespects their ability to handle the truth. You can't handle the truth. No, sorry. That just, <laughs> just, just came out of nowhere. Squirrel. Uh, so, like, that, that's, that's why. You, you don't steal. Why? Because it's unloving. Somebody has something that's not yours and you, you take it away. Do not commit adultery, why? It's unloving. All right, let's go to some other ones. Um, uh, you know, let, let's, go, let's go to the, the taboo, right? Like don't, don't have sex with a bunch of people, right? You know, oh man, that that's makes everybody uncomfortable squirming in their chairs. He said sex, he's a pastor. <laughs> why, 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 don't, why don't you do that? Because it's unloving. Because you enter into these relationships or acts and you get what you want, but you're not there during the healing process, during the times of regret. You're not there for that. You just got what you wanted and now you're gone. It's unloving. That's why. You can go through all the rules and regulations and you realize God has put all these rules and regulations in there because he loves us and wants us to love one another. That's his command. Paul, if Jesus wasn't enough for you, uh, (laughs) Paul is talking to the church in Galatia and what was happening in this church is they were trying to, they they just couldn't sit with the idea that they're saved by grace. Grace like there has to be you have to do something else right i mean that doesn't make sense they're getting antsy i've met a lot of christians like this harder is more spiritual like the harder it is the more spiritual it is okay and, and this was the church in Galatia. And Paul's trying to tell them, no, 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 no. You don't need to go do sacrifices anymore. You don't need to be circumcised anymore. That was one of the big things. The Jews were all circumcised. And the people who weren't Jews were uncircumcised. And that's how you could tell. I don't even know how you'd know. But whatever. They, they had a system for it. I don't want to know about it. But they did. And so, uh, so that, that, that would be the, the thing, right? Circumcision. That, that's it. Okay, good. I, I don't... Anyway... <clears throat> Get into the biology of it all. My daughter's a biology teacher. I'll have her come up and speak. Anyway, for Christ, in Christ, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. Like like just to perform some act just to go ta-da. It has no value. The only thing that counts. The only thing, Paul, you're boiling it down to one thing. What could that one thing possibly be? I think I have an idea. Is faith expressing itself through what? That's it. That's the only thing that counts. That's the only thing that counts. Faith expressing itself in love. He goes on, just in case the Galatians didn't understand this, in, verse, in chapter 5, he says this. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping one command. Did you know you can go to work tomorrow and you can fulfill the whole Old Testament? Isn't that amazing? You're amazing. You can do that. You can do it tomorrow. You can go home this afternoon. And you could go in and find a Bible and you go flip, 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 and you would find all the books of the law, and you just kinda hold them up, and then you love your family, and you've fulfilled the entire law. Love your neighbor as you would yourself. It's a simple question. When you say, Well, I don't I don't know how to do that. Well, what would you want done for you? Would you want would you want a coworker helping you with a project? Yeah, well, go help a coworker. If you're at school and somebody's sitting and they're alone, and would you want someone to come up and say, hey, I notice you're alone. Can, can I sit down with you? Yeah, and that's, that's probably what you should do. If somebody owes you a, a debt, maybe it's money or maybe a debt that they just will never be able to repay, what would you want them to do for you I'd, I'd like them to forgive the debt well that's probably what God would have you do and you've summed up the entire essentially Bible we'll go back to Jesus again <laughs> I love what, I love how Jesus starts this he says but to you who are I say <laughs> like, like I guess there were some that were just kind of like looking around or like completely nodded off like this side of the congregation right there yeah they're all they're all gone I don't know what the deal is I'm just going to sit right here no they're, they're just as bad don't worry about it. but to you who are listening this is how I should just start every sermon you know to you who are listening love your enemies oh wait a minute No, no 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 wait go back we have to go back no, it said love your neighbor like, like my Christian, like, my, like the people in the church, right? Like that's who we're supposed to love. Oh, man, Jesus, you're messing everything up. Love your, neighbor, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. I, as a Tom Brady fan, I get this a lot. I, I, just, I just do good, you know? I'm a Christian. Just love is just seeping out. It makes it easier when they're winning. But uh, bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Jesus takes this to an entirely new level, this level of love. You know why? Because when Jesus was up, however it looked up there with the Trinity, and he looked down, he looked at everyone, everyone, and said, I love them. You say, John, there's just some people I can't love. I totally understand. There's some people who are super evil. They're bad. They've done bad things to you. But I'm just here to tell you that your heavenly father loves them. He might not be happy with what they did, but he loves them. Jesus says this in Matthew. Love the Lord your God. So they're asking Jesus, what's the greatest commandment in the world? Right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Love God. Loving God is going to have an output. I can't say that I love God and I I hate my neighbor. You You can't say that. He goes on. He says that the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus tells us to love our neighbor, to love each other, to love the other. You read a blog and you start getting angry at, whoa, man, we'll pick insert whatever group you get angry at you have one job and it's not to get more information so that you can be right it's to love them uh, have political opinions for sure pick it boycott do whatever you want to do but at the end of the day if it's robbing you of the ability to love somebody else it needs to be removed because God loves those people those wrong stupid people he loves them right? Those people who shouldn't even, I don't even know why they're even allowed to, God loves them. I don't know why, but he does. And then he makes it worse. And he says, so should you, because I loved you and I've forgiven you. And just because your sins aren't out in the open, like those people's are, we know about them. And I loved you and I've forgiven you. He makes this incredible statement. All the law and the prophets hang on these two things. I could spend the rest of my life never reading the Bible again and I'd know exactly what to do tomorrow. Love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength and love my neighbor as myself. And the reason I know I can do that is because Jesus did it. While he was being beaten, he was loving. While he was being spit on, he was loving. As he hung up on the cross, he says, forgive them, Father, for they don't know what they're doing. He was loving. And so this morning, as, we, as the worship band returns, we're just going to reflect on this idea of love, of that can- candle of love that inside all of us, and, and, and at Christmas Eve, uh, Tuesday, well, you'll each get a candle, and, and, and what we do is we light, there's, there'll be a center candle in there, it's a white candle, and it's the Christ candle. And we light that, and it shows the love and the light of Christ. And then we light a couple of candles from that, and we go around, and we, we light each other's candles, and that's exactly what's supposed to happen, is that the love of Christ so ignites us that every place we go there's hope and peace and joy most of all there's love so we're going to sing silent night uh end with silent night uh because that's what we end the christmas eve service with and um it's just this time of calm of just reflection and uh My prayer is that God might bring somebody to your mind and you say oh God please not that person don't make me love that person just anyone but that person okay how how, how about my mother-in-law I'll start there and then we'll go from there actually I love my mother-in-law but like 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 like, let's pick let's start small and the God's saying "No, no 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 this this is the person he might have already told you just as I said this is your person and as we sit down tonight and as we reflect and you're filling out your connection cards well you just pray God ignite me with your love that I'm able to love that person even though they whatever it is they did help me love this particular group even though because I know you love them let me pray for us Lord Jesus We, we know there's all sorts of evil. There's all sorts of bad people making bad decisions. And we know that there are right and wrong in all sorts of different areas. And God, I just know that many times I've been on the wrong side, and yet you've loved me. And I know I've done the wrong thing, and you've loved me, and I've said the wrong thing, and I've thought the wrong thing. And you've loved me. God, I pray for us as we sing this last song, Lord, that you would bring to mind those that we need to forgive, that we need to love, and that you'd give us a practical way to do it. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Jesus, Lord, at thy birth, as God, as this little baby. It's mind blowing, I don't understand it. And yet, he did it for love. And that's the love he wants us to share. On last Saturday, when we did the gifts for kids, uh, somebody was talking to me about it and they said, do you, do you share the gospel? Like, In other words, do I sit in the middle of the patio and talk about Jesus and heaven and hell and the cross and all that stuff? I said, yeah, we we do. And they said, well, what do you do? You You, give a message or a a track or something? Or I said, no, we give them toys. (laughs) That's the gospel. The gospel is that my life would be so transformed by the love of God that I can't hold it in and that it has to come back out again. And so last week we shared the gospel with those families. So thank you for doing that with us. And now, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit... I pray that you'd go in his hope, in his peace, in his joy, and mostly in his love. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.